and welcome to BA Brew. I'm Debbie. I'm Jonathan. I'm Dave. And today we're going to talk about a really hot topic at the moment. Well, I think it's a hot topic, which is facilitating in a remote world, in a remote environment. And on what we have to do as facilitators, because those of us who work in business analysis, business change, we're usually quite used to facilitating. But does this new remote world bring anything different to it? Jonathan, what do you reckon? Um, so, yeah, I think it does. And, and surprisingly, I've got some thoughts on this one. So um, I'm astonished. That's a relief. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, so for me, what it does is it, it puts the onus on the facilitator to prepare. So preparation in this world is much more important. You can't just you can't just turn up in a room with your flip chart pens and, and your ideas now. You've got to have prepared. You've got to have prepared the invites the agenda you've got to check the technology you've got you've got a ton you've got to think about how you're going to use your visuals um checking things like the, the which whiteboard am i using and will that be displayable am i on zoom am i on teams am i in google duo whatever is the tool there's so much more preparation on the, on the facilitator than in comparison to our respective facilitation in in a physical environment that's that's kind of the massive difference for me in this world um Dave, what's your thoughts? I think, yeah, you're right. Preparation is is key. I mean, you, you, you can no longer start your sessions with, if there's a fire drill, we'll all leave out of the same emergency exit because if there's a fire <laughs> drill, I'll be out my front door and you guys will probably still be sat in your houses thinking, where the heck has he gone? <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the preparation is different. But I think one of the other things uh, as a BA, as a facilitator, is you have to work harder. I think yeah. you have to... You, you, you've no longer got that luxury of kind of being in the room with people that you, so you can key in on their body language or their, the little cues that you get. You know, somebody might look over at their boss or something like that. You, you don't necessarily see that on, on a Zoom window because it's like celebrity squares, isn't it? You know, everyone's positioned in grids of nine, so you're not sure who's looking at who a lot of the time. So I think as a facilitator, you have to kind of, um do a lot of the things that you would have done visually verbally in a sense so you've almost got to be it's almost i think it's like a running commentary on what you're doing okay guys i'm going to check for clarity now i'm going to ask if everyone's comfortable or i i would expect there to be questions at this point why why aren't there any you know so that for me is the big change that you're 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 doing a lot more that you would have done either through body language or just listening through through your voice, if that makes any sense. I'm oh, sorry, Jonathan. I just say I think that's exactly right because one of the things I've noticed is you get all these fabulous facilities. Yeah. So I love hands up because I think it really gives people who wouldn't normally say anything permission to say something, and it's all organised and structured. But you do have to, you, you're right, you do tend to find yourself saying things that you wouldn't normally say. Um, so, for example, I um, quite like it when people also post comments in the chat. OK, and so as part of the facilitating, you know, some people prefer to type in a comment rather than saying it or somebody's speaking and they want to put something in. But initially I found myself reading out what was in the chat 
and then suddenly thought, everybody else can read what's in the chat. Why are you reading this to them? Yes. <laughs> Which is also speaking time, Debbie. So that was a moment. But then I moved into, right, what I now need to do is interpret what's in the chat back to the group mm. so that we can further the discussion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's really true. I mean, I, I found myself... When, when we were doing the BA sessions for the conference, I, I said at one point to my slide, I'm not going to read this slide out to you. And then halfway through the slide, I realised I just am actually reading the slide out to you. So I think you, that sort of thing is, is interesting, isn't it? Because you, you're, you're kind of having a multitask. Yeah. But you're also having to, like a facilitation, you're having to play that back to the group through a different lens as well. Yeah. Uh, I suppose one of the things that you don't get so much of is the multiple input scenarios that you used to have when you're in a room with people. So someone would be saying something, someone else would have a question. You'd be trying to capture it and then you'd be thinking, I've got to go back to Fred in the corner because he looked like he wanted to say something, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, you don't get that so much on 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 yeah. virtual stuff because people can't talk over each other as much, which I suppose is a bit of a bonus. Mm -hmm. And that body language thing, um, David, I think it's really important because quite often I find myself facilitating discussions where I can see only dots on a screen. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think has changed is as a facilitator, you've got to really work hard to bring people into the discussion mm. and, and ask the questions and check for understanding. But also you'll be very resilient. So if you've got dots and you're faced with silence, you have to be, if you if you raise a question to a group, you have to be comfortable that there may be silence whilst the group thinks about your question and allow a pause. And that that's something that I found that's quite difficult to be comfortable in silence as people think, yeah. right, I'm going to come off mute. It does take a few seconds to come off mute and to put forward your ideas. But I think resilience has got to go up in this environment for us mm. as humans facilitating. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I, 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 in my training stuff, I do. I call it the Depeche Mode moment. <laughs> Enjoy the silence. You know, you've actually got to kind of be able to just throw a question out there and just be comfortable with not doing it. You know, in fact, I was thinking about writing an article recently on the Japanese term ma, which is negative space. Ooh. which is um, basically the concept in Japanese artwork is a lot of the time it's the space that is there in the picture just as much as the subject. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I have in my mind when I'm presenting and facilitating is there has to be a rhythm and a cadence. And sometimes as a facilitator, you don't want to fill that, that, that space in the, in, the, in the workshop with noise. You actually just want to kind of, Mm. um take a pause and let people reflect and when i used to do some of the community stuff at, uh, on my previous employment um i'd always start the meeting with a picture of a japanese flower arrangement if it was a practice meeting so everyone would get that kind of relaxed vibe and i think this is one of the advantages that this new remote or virtual or whatever we want to call it matrix facilitation or whatever does allow us to do is experiment with formats you know mm -hmm. if you want people to think you can almost bring up a slide that says thinking time, yes. you know, with a yes. picture of a sunset or something. And, and you can almost start to orchestrate it a little bit more, which is a double-edged sword because you don't want it to become too much of your own creation, I think. But 
there is an opportunity to be a bit more creative with the way you run the sessions. Yeah. yeah. And, Sorry, Jonathan, we keep talking over each other today. It's a great example of of the the constraints of the virtual environment. Facilitate us. (laughs) I was thinking about music, Dave, in terms of that bringing your personality and character into the environment. Because we're we're in our own homes as we're facilitating or we're in an office. But most of the time we're in our own homes. You bring a bit more of your personality into Mm. your sessions in a way that maybe is a bit more acceptable in this remote environment. Um, than maybe we'd felt comfortable doing in the physical environment in terms of, of, of facilitation. I think you're right. And I think, you know, because when you're in a room with people and you try something new and it absolutely crashes, you know you're going to be in that room with the people for the next hour or so and you're thinking, oh, my God, am I ever going to recover? But if you're, if you're doing it virtually, for some reason it feels a little safer yeah to experiment and i i just i you know you know me i'm a big fan of bringing media and music in so you know if i want to make a point i might play a bit of ramstein <laughs> that'll get people in the mood <laughs> or something uh, but then there might be other music again if you want to have people having a brainstorming session you might just want to have some music that's kind of more relaxing or more kind of yeah. um, you know stimulating i don't know there, there, there's all sorts of possibilities i think in this new world yeah mm. I think, I think it's quite interesting you said about the cadence, because I, I think about that as well. And I think there is a different cadence for me when I'm facilitating remotely than when I'm in the mm. classroom. And, mm. and you have you do have so many more opportunities to do different things and interesting things and bringing in, you know, if you want to show an image of something, it's so easy just to bring it in, just yeah. to look it up and just bring it in. And yeah. you can do that in the classroom or in, in a room. Yeah. But you haven't quite got all of the technology features at your fingertips in quite the same way. Mm. So I think the flexibility is also good. But but I do think that whole sense of tempo and pace is different. Mm. And yes. you have to be used to working with that. Um, but actually, I really, really like it because to me, it just makes it, I don't know, as Jonathan said, it's a bit more friendly in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's understanding you in your home environment a lot of the mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. as you can see from my home environment, <laughs> you know, completely tidy. And, uh, <laughs> and it brings people, yep, Dave. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Dave, should we comment on Jonathan? Yeah. So where's your bookshelf, Jonathan? Come on, Jonathan. The bookshelves book. book are all, all, all near me. I'm surrounded by my books. I've got one of my favourite books here. Um, I've got the books around me, but Good yeah, man. I've decided to go for a um, a plain-looking background um, with the odd prop. My, my assist rugby ball, which is my prop. Uh, sometimes comes out. I can't throw it, but it's quite it's quite a good good little prop. And, and I can see your prop I'm there. I'm feeling with you and Dave. Dave's got his pipe. You've got your rugby ball. I, I seriously have nothing. I have nothing as a prop. Oh yes, I do. I do. Sorry. What is it? What's the prop? <laughs> the it's the dragon. Welsh dragon. <laughs> I should have known <laughs> i always keep and that i'm not reference. starting to sing now debbie i'm going to say that now and then i'm not going to be singing at this at this juncture okay. no, it, it does sort of raise an issue that though doesn't it because actually again when you're facilitating remotely you know you could because sometimes we talk about different artifacts and hmm. different things you know for various reasons they might trigger us to think creatively 
they might trigger a memory or something. And I know Jonathan and I've talked quite often about um, some of the De Bono stuff about mm. making links between objects that aren't obvious. And mm. if you're in the classroom, unless you care to carry a massive bag of props with you, it's quite difficult to have those things. Yeah. But actually, mm. in this world, you've got access to so many different things that you can mm. just bring in to sort of enrich in the whole experience. Yeah, I, I wonder also if the iconography of facilitation will change in a sense of, you know, I have I have slides that I build into my, my decks now, my presentation decks and my facilitation decks. I have one particular picture of a, 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 it's a Greek statue of, a, of an athlete with a discus. And mm. I always have that up with the word discus underneath it, which is meant to be discuss. Ha ha, see what I did there? <laughs> which is a rubbish joke, but yeah. it actually gives people the visual cue as to when I want to do Q&A. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, know, you can almost start building in your own your own brand, I suppose, of, yeah. of, of doing the way the session the way you want to. And I, I think there there will be there's always been orchestration i think when you're a facilitator because to a certain extent you are playing the orchestra of the of the people in the, in the room but i think with it being you know remote or virtual or whatever you've got that opportunity to to provide that framework and i think also that is important to have that framework because people are sat at home Mm -hmm. um, they are probably thinking, God, I'm really busting for the loo or whatever. And, and being able to put in those breaks and, yep. and, and, and run the meeting in a way that helps everybody is, um, I think it's something that we're going to see happening much more often and people will probably evolve their own style of doing it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think you can't underestimate the, the importance of those regular breaks. And I, I, I'm, I think an hour maybe an hour to an hour and a quarter or so, but, but anything beyond that, it's, it's too much. The, uh, you need to give people time away from their laptops. They've got to go time, time to use the facilities and, and go get themselves a drink, get some fresh air, whatever they need to do. And so you've got to get that, that rhythm just right. And it's got to be right for your group and, and obviously right for the time frame. but it, it's just, it's just another thing to think about. And it's showing, I, I think as a facilitator that you're empathizing with your mm. group. And if yeah. you don't do it, you, you're going to lose the group. They'll just switch off. Yeah, because effectively you're actually giving someone permission to use their own toilet. It's it's weird, isn't it? You know? <laughs> Anyone want to use the toilet? Well, yeah, I do. All right, okay. So you know, it's, it's but it, and I think that's the other thing. I think there's almost like some hidden things about this this new virtual facilitation uh, and pre presentation in the sense of. I, I touched on it in, in a webinar the other week that when you're in the old days, when you were in a room or you were on a corporate call with other people who worked in the company, you were pretty sure they were actually, they were allowed to work at the company. They'd been admitted by someone from security into that company building. But these days, for all I, I know, someone could have their mother sat, you know, the other side of the table or somebody could be working in their kitchen and then that's kind of like that evokes interesting questions about security and confidentiality you know so i think there's a lot of these things they're almost like the non-functionals in a sense of, of, of the way we we run the sessions mm -hmm. you know because that you just you don't know who's listening <laughs> literally yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely really good point because you know i've been on sessions where people have not had their video on and sometimes not audio as well and then discovered that there's five people sitting around a desk or a table mm. Mm. um and 
I think there's a certain ethics around that personally. Yes. Uh, and I actually think that maybe that will evolve as well is the sort of ethical side of remote facilitation, mm. because mm -hmm. there is a certain, I think, ethical question, I would call it, mm -hmm. over agreeing to a meeting and then having other people there without announcing their presence. Yeah. yeah. I don't Absolutely know if you've right. ever encountered that. I've had that a couple of times. I was well, we... in telephone conference calls in in uh, previous workplaces whereby someone would um, not announce themselves. You hear a bleep, you don't know who it is. And then towards the end of the conversation, they announce themselves and say that they've been they've been in and they've been listening, but just haven't spoken. And I don't think this is a, it's not an, it's not a new phenomenon. Uh, it's a phenomenon that I think I can't say that word clearly, but it's one that's it's one <laughs> of those things. More prevalent. It's more prevalent. I think people are doing it more, but it's been there for a while. Telephone conference calls where people are just like, it's a weird like lurking behavior in the background, and they're not speaking. And and it, it's it's about professional integrity for me. You should announce yourself completely. And particularly if you're working on a project which may have perhaps a non-disclosure agreement on it, you know, absolutely, yeah, you, you could actually be getting yourself in into to legal difficulty. I think so. Yeah. You know, it's almost like there will be. I think we'll have to work out ways of saying now: Are we all in a position or a place where we have got confidentiality? I think one of the things I I sort of have in my head is: Would I would I do this behaviour in the office? Hmm. You know, if, if if I'm behaving like this on a Zoom call, would I would I do this in the office if I was with my colleagues? And the chances are that that might give you a kind of at hmm. least a warning line of where your behaviour might be getting, you know, yeah. unprofessional, perhaps is, yeah. is too strong a word. But you, you need to keep yourself in the right headspace, I think. Let me just change the subject for a second. What are your what are your guys views on that? awkward few moments before the meeting starts so you, you're due to start at nine and, it, and you've opened up the call at five to nine how do you navigate that conversation that early conversation where maybe the group doesn't know each other what do you do do you play music do you do you do, you do the gentle chit chat what's there any tips you need to prepare for it because it happens all the time hmm. and I've tried doing the general chit chat, okay? But actually sometimes, um, I was, I mean, I was on a session yesterday where I was given a presentation, um, but the rest of the group were in a different country and speak a different language. Hmm. And so we're all sitting there and I'm thinking, well, you know, I do I start the conversation here when actually they're much more comfortable in, in, in a different language, you know? Hmm. So, I, I actually did think to myself, this is really quite tricky. And in a way, I'd rather keep myself off video, off audio <laughs> until a minute before sometimes, you know. <laughs> but um, in other situations where I'm actually facilitating, you know, a, a discussion or something, <laughs> then I, I do try to instigate a bit of initial discussion. Apart from anything else, it's nice to know that everybody can actually hear you and that people yeah. are actually taking part in it, you yeah. know. I, I at the time. That, that initial hellos and, and it can really set the tone for the session if you if you do it well and it can go wrong obviously yeah i i, I tend to have like i'll i'll do like a placeholder slide at the mm -hmm. start which is obviously pretty obvious for everybody just what the session is but 
occasionally what I also uh, don't believe it. I think I'm just having an Amazon delivery. Would you absolutely <laughs> believe that? Um, I just better go and answer the door. This is a classic example of how things can go wrong in the virtual world. Bear with me, callers. This is important to me. I shall return. Right, so I'm going to go get my dog and ask my dog to bark now, Debbie, um, just, to, just to do another thing that could go wrong. Maybe you could have some tech issues as well, Debbie. On that bombshell, um, I'd like to draw this BA brew to a close. Thanks so much, Dave and Jonathan, for a, a really um, real fun conversation. And if anybody wants to contact us with any discussions that they think we should um, consider covering or any comments at all, please email us at babrew at assistkd.com. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.